back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's back. Hey, hey. Medium-sized Mike's back. How y'all doing? Carl's back. The pleasure's all mine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say mine. <laughs> Silent Ron's back. Hello. And Mike's back with us. Hello. You don't have a nickname yet, but you will. No. It's all right. It'll happen. It won't take long. Nope. <laughs> so tonight... Our verse is going to be read by Not So Silent Ron. Oh, thank you. Uh, the verse is in Psalms 34, 18, and this is the NIV. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. All right. And our topic this week is how does God use broken things or people for his glory? blanket question whether it's our answers from our experiences I threw out some notes that I put out there that I typed out I'll read a couple Um, God's broken soldiers included Abraham because he was old Mm -hmm. Gideon because he was afraid or a coward right because it even calls him cowardly. I don't think it means what yeah, it means now, but right. like cower in fear type of thing. There you go. Joseph, because he was abused. David, because he was a murderer. Samson, because he was a womanizer. Uh, Noah, because he was a drunk. Peter, because he denied Christ three times. And there's other ones that I have on there, but we think. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing, I just had, I, I had a smart comment, but I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, Noah's like, I needed that stiff drink after them 40 days on that boat. <laughs> yeah. True. Nothing with my wife and kids. That's right. <laughs> All right. Enough of that mess. (laughs) It's amazing how much useless stuff comes out of that brain. I know. (laughs) You don't got to tell me. I know. You know. You've been around me, ain't you? Well, I was talking about me. I mean, if you feel guilty, that's sure. (laughs) No, I don't feel guilty. (laughs) All right. Brokenness. And how he uses it. Or how we use broken things for his glory. You said it right the first time. How does he use it? Because mm-hmm. he puts us back together enough to get us back on the right road. Because he knows that we're gonna we're gonna break again down the road. We're kind of like an old used car. He fixes it up enough to get us down the road just a little bit, and then it breaks again. So there's God again. He's got to fix it again so we can go a little further. The thing is, is we just gotta we just gotta trust. And what he's got through our brokenness. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You hit on where my mind went because I, I guess I approached the topic a little different. Like I don't, I don't believe that the Most High intends to use broken people. It's not like he he his intent is I'm going to find a broken person that I can use because that's what I want. I want somebody that's broken. It's it's why does he allow brokenness? Right. Right. Like I, optimally, none of us would have to go through that. 
And I think it comes down to what you said, get us back on the right road. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what the purpose of brokenness is, you know, regardless of how the brokenness comes into our life. And that's just a metaphor for affliction yeah. or being in the desert. Uh, it, it's a metaphor for the consequences of sin in our life, whether it's our sin, the sin of those around us, just being in a sinful world. And those consequences come upon us, and they, they cause that brokenness, and he allows that to come in our life to force a, forces us to a decision point. Right. What direction are we going to go? But my mind immediately went to that question you asked two weeks ago before we went part-time together. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you asked, why do your feet, you, the follow-up question that, to that desert question was, if you're standing in the water, why do your feet still feel dry? Mm-hmm. And my mind went to Ezekiel, the account of the river of life. Mm-hmm. And he goes out, he goes out to ankle-deep water, and he stops. He says, this is good enough. And the angel says, now go further. So he goes further out to water up to the knees, and now this is enough. And he stops, and the angel says, go further. Repeats that over and over again. Every time Ezekiel would go up to another foot or so, he'd stop and say, this is enough. I think we have a natural propensity to stay where we're comfortable and just hover there. Mm-hmm. And that's not really where he wants us. He can't use us there if we're just staying stationary. And I think even when we're standing in that living water and, you know, desert being a metaphor, a, a, a parallel metaphor to brokenness, right? I think sometimes he'll make us feel dry or feel thirsty, even when we shouldn't, to force us to press deeper into him. Yep. And we have that danger of going either direction. You know, we can go deeper into him like mm-hmm. we should, mm-hmm. or we can run off into the desert chasing chasing an oasis on the horizon like right. we talked about. I think he brings that into our life to force us to press deeper because it's through that brokenness and through that rescue and through pressing deeper into him that we gain a deeper understanding of him that makes us more useful to him. Absolutely, and, and that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to gain that deeper understanding because if we got the deeper understanding, then we can go out and produce the fruits that he wants us to produce. Correct. See, I'm kind of with Carl, but the way I the way you explained it is more depth instead of what I... I took that brokenness as a learning tool. Yeah. You know, because when I sit here, like I said, look back, I've said it several times, looking back on the way I was raised and the stuff that you go through to get to where you're at now, I look back on all that so-called brokenness then, and I look at it as a learning tool because had I not had it, would I be right here? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're, like you all say, to get back on the path, if you're going down a path he don't like, you know, I look at it for my life that he put that brokenness there so that I, I can make that choice. Do I go this way or do I go this way to get back on path to fix that brokenness? And then all through my life, you know, the brokenness is always there and the choice is always mine to go back to him. Mm-hmm. I think also sometimes, if that makes sense, yeah, good. Sometimes that brokenness hurdle <clears throat> isn't self-driven either, mm-hmm. right? Like, because there's been people that have worked for companies and then they got bought out and then they lose their job. Yeah, right. Like it's more. I don't want to say a, a worst case scenario humbling. Maybe or well, it's kind of like what I was saying, you know. Yeah, but I didn't break but myself. Stuff. Somebody else come in 
right. and broke me. Well, you know, it, could have, it could have been something else. Or, I mean, it could yeah. have been anything. Or, yeah, or yeah, something that's, else. Yeah, yes. was, that's what you're getting at. Yeah, I got you. You know, you, right. you could be going along and, and be okay, and something undoubtedly is going to shatter your life. Right. right. One way or another, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when God comes in to put them pieces back together as long as we allow them to. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the big thing. one. Right that's your choice. Being yes. willing, and I think that's why that yes. word you used, humbling, is so important. Yes. I think one of the yes. one of the most key words that we really need to get back to is humility, because mm-hmm. because pride, I mean, we can deceive ourselves into believing we're humble and be prideful about our humility. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that can lead us into into disobedience and not really giving ourselves over to Him like we probably should. Well, no, because you're putting the focus off Him and onto you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's exactly what you're doing. I think you make a good point there, Bob. Um, you know. God chose Moses to speak to Pharaoh for him. Mm-hmm. Moses was not a good speaker. Yeah. Okay? He had a speech impediment. That's just the way it is. So he used someone with a speech impediment to do glorious work. All the glory goes to God, not the person who's a great orator, but the person was used by God in a diminished capacity because he couldn't speak very well to show how great God truly is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an important secondary dimension because mm-hmm. like, it depends on how are we defining brokenness because there's different types of brokenness, right. right? You know, one is is a consequence of something negative in our life, either sin or consequences of sin. Right. The other's just a you know a weakness, like a yeah. like 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 I don't have a great skill in this category. Mm-hmm. Right. So God's going to choose choose this person to do that. That way, that person is never tempted to take credit. Exactly. Yep. God gets all the credit. No matter that's where what. I was going with it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Are you silent, Mike, tonight, or what? <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> now he's starting to sound like me. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 when it, what I actually wrote down when we started talking was brokenness is our inability to live without God. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can go back to, it's not to sound ridiculous, but one of the things that I try to say a lot in my prayers is, is apologize to God for um, knowing that everything he's ever given me is a blessing and I'm the one who screws it up you know it's never anything he doesn't give me anything bad I take something good and screw it up whether it's taking it back from him or you know doing it and taking it and using it in a way I shouldn't you know so I think it's um, I, I think everybody's take on it is, is obviously different and it's also correct right? because there's so many different ways of being broken there's mm-hmm. so many different avenues of getting broken of you know um, and I think that one of the hugest things that I think about is praying I never broke anyone does that make sense? yeah yes mm-hmm. not being someone else's snare I actually prayed about that earlier today. For some reason, it hit me hard about you know the idea of becoming someone else's snare. It's a, re- it's a reason I'll share my final thought. But man, that's a scary thought. Right. Did, did something you did or, or, or some sad. pride in your life cause somebody else to trip? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Because we're not supposed to be stumbling stones for them. Right. We're supposed to help them. We're supposed to lift them up and help them up off the ground, not put them on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like you, you know. When I'm when I'm talking to somebody about about the Bible or trying to tell them scripture out of the Bible, I'm like, you know, I'm, I always got in the back of my mind to come across right, you know what I'm saying, yeah. mm-hmm. and not try to steer them in the wrong direction. 
Yeah, you want to have those equal balances. Like, like Proverbs 11, 1 talks about uh, a false or it's mirabah in Hebrew, it's deceitful. A deceitful balance is an abomination yes. to him. That obviously has a physical representation, but there's an underlying spiritual principle there about having equal weights and balances. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to have wisdom, but you also want to have humility. You want to have love, but you also want to have truth. Right, you want to have mercy. You also want to have righteousness. You want to have boldness. You also want to have compassion and gentleness. These things have to be balanced out, with without one, you know, deferring away right. in favor of the other. Right, it's really hard. It's very right. hard, you know. But then that, but that's where, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in because if we're truly one of God's people and we're truly trying to trying to act out His heart, not our own heart, His heart. That's when the Holy Spirit will bring in them balances. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. He'll, he'll make everything balance out like it's supposed to. Yeah. But we got to be willing to allow him to do that. That's where it's at. And sometimes it's taking that extra second before you speak to just yes inhale, exhale, whatever you got to do to make sure that's where it's coming from. You right. understand sometimes he might just tell you to be silent. Mm-hmm. Very true. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have the knowledge. If you have the knowledge of knowing exactly... When, you know, like to me, especially when somebody is, I don't want to say preaching, but somebody is saying things that you know are not biblical mm-hmm. and that they're they're skewing it to their own and uh. doing it loudly. You know what I mean? And yeah. you feel a need to defend and you feel a, a need to, you know, to, to counteract and, and come to the defense of whether it's a person or whether it's the Bible and just be like, you're wrong in what you're saying. You know, it again you have to take that second because again you don't want to be that snare you don't want to end up being well that's why I don't talk to religious people or <laughs> right. or you know whatever it is you know I mean because again nowadays you can offend anybody and it's a big whoop de doo you know or whatever but on something say. like that I think that you know because you know if they're if they're teaching somebody else wrong and you know they're teaching them wrong yeah I don't. Jesus would not have uh, let it slide. Yeah, but I, think, I, but, but I see what Mike's saying. I, mean, like, I, I, mean, I, I do see There's what a he's difference saying. between, like, if it's a one-on-one, one-on-three conversation, right. or if it's like you're not going to pick that fight. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. If they're, yeah, there's, there's, they're on the street corner, if somebody's looking and, for an audience. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get you. Yeah. But we yeah. Devil sure were right too. Right, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. A lot of times where yeah. I'm like, you know, the pride will flare up, and I'm like, I know mm-hmm. that's not right. And then I dig into it later. I'm like, oh. And that's when the Holy yeah, Spirit's like, right. that's when the Holy <laughs> Spirit's like, bite your tongue. Yeah, just don't say it. Right. <laughs> we touched on it. Like Carl said, like he's approached the subject a different way than what we started out with. Yeah. But that, and then Mike reiterated it it was the there's different variables of brokenness mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. but it all comes down to sin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. itself and sometimes it's broken things or circumstances or sometimes it's self-inflicted I believe like a lot of mine has been self-inflicted yeah might as well but then there's also been Brokenness that I've had that was circumstantial mm-hmm. to where when it was two feet in front of my face, like the world was ending. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. But then on the, on the other side of that, then it was like, well, maybe it was just a test. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a humbling. Right. And we'll see. Yeah. Some of it's baiting yeah. from the enemy. You know how fly fishing works? Yeah. Like you, you, you whip the fly back mm-hmm. and forth and it, it ticks the fish off. That's yeah. what it does. It gets the fish mad and anger burns out the brain. Makes you do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And the more angry the fish gets, it's more likely to take the bait. And I think that's what the devil does with us. He's a fly fisher. Yeah. He'll, he'll irritate us with the bait just above the water until we get mad enough that we take it. You know what I mean? I think sometimes mm-hmm. that's what those tests are is is God allowing the enemy to come into our life and see if see if we're to a point where we'll stop taking the bait or not. Right. You know, um, of course, we're broken when we're born into this world because of Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. which that's called the original sin, you know. Right. Yeah. That's that's that brokenness. And then you've got the transgressional sin, which is where you make choices as to whether you follow God or not. And that's that's the other brokenness, you know. It just uh But there ain't there there could be like something else I feel that you could be like the brunt blunt of somebody else's brokenness. It could be. You know what I mean? Because you said there's the ultimate one of being born, and then what was your second one? Transgressional. Transgressional, and that is... That's, that's choices of sin. Okay. You choose you choose to either sin or not to sin. But what if you're like the blunt of somebody else's sin? There's always collateral damage. Yeah, there's... Yeah. Right. Always. That's, those are the consequences of living in a sin-stained world. That's yes. kind of what I was referencing. Dude. Sometimes the brokenness comes just because we're in a sinful environment. Right. right. You don't ask for it, that's, yet... You're right in the path of it. Right. That's where that drop of water hits that calm water and you've seen them little ripples go out. Right. That's exactly what it is. It's a ripple effect of sin that is in this And I'm not trying to say that people are not sinners because I know we all are, but sometimes, you know... Sometimes it doesn't feel fair. Right. Right. Sometimes some of the sins that are thrown on you come in from like a third party sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes... Like now, looking back on it, that could have been a test in your faith. Could too. Be. I mean, not all the time. I'm not going to say that. Like, I'm not a. I just play one on the podcast, you know. But I just like to say, I bet it is more often than we give it credit for. Probably, yeah. And the only reason I'm saying that is because, like I said, like growing up, you know, it seemed like I was the odd man out. Well, kind of the odd man out, but same you were token, always getting the blunt force of I was whatever. Getting the blunt force of somebody else's sin. Yeah. Odd man out always gets the blunt force of you whatever know, it is. And that's what I'm saying. And you know, I'm not trying to say I wasn't a sinner because I'm sure I know I was, but I, I just don't know how how that actually works when you are the the one receiving the sin from somebody else. You know how does how does that? I mean, how do you deal? How do you deal with that when you think you feel like you're the victim, but yet you know you're not supposed to really? One of the uncomfortable realities of His mercy is that He doesn't just have mercy on us; He also has mercy on those who are who are victimizing us. Yeah, and He'll allow them to persist because He wants them to repent. And sometimes that means bearing the brunt, like you're talking about, of their bad behavior because He's being patient with them. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, and it, it hurts, but that's just, if we want to accept his mercy for ourselves, we have to accept that he also extends that mercy to those around us that may hurt us in yeah, the process of coming back. And then, right. so the one that's getting that sin, though, how, how do you, how do they, 
How do, I mean, I know they're supposed to love and, you know, and all that, but at that time... Honestly, Ron, I don't know if there's an answer for that, buddy. I really one. don't. Not a good one, yeah. I mean, you're just... Because we can amplify that to a, to a huge scale. And, yeah. You know, talk about somebody that was horribly victimized by somebody. There's, yeah. not, a, there's not a real comfortable good answer. There's not. Really. Yeah. I'm Sorry. No, it's just great question. People ask questions like that all the time. There's just sometimes there's just no answer for them. I mean, really, there's just not a a good answer anyway. At this time, there's all kinds of answers out there, but is it a good answer? Is it a not? You know, it just and again, then you get into the even more. What's the right answer? Right. Mm -hmm. You come up with everybody can come up with five different answers on why that happened, but is that the right one? And we know about opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we do. And I, I've, I've got to, you know, uh, obviously I've gotten to where now the understanding part and the forgiveness, and I've done that, but yet still looking back on it, it's like, you know, where was that help for the one getting the blunt? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, we're just thinking any- without that. Like I said, where would I be if it didn't happen right now? Because it made me choose who I wanted to be right. and where I wanted to go with my and life. Might, and it might choose who you so then associate I, with or connect with right. to help minister to you as well. So what I'm hearing is what happened to you kind of give you guidance and correction and some direction on which way you needed to go then. It did for me, but so, yeah, I, I mean, guarantee you, you there's pretty people much out answered, there. You pretty much answered your own question, though. But really. there's there's people out there that you know don't see it kind of that way, you know. Yeah, so they go how, how they go you, left instead of right, yeah. or they go right instead of left, or they, just, or they just overlook it entirely, you know, and just put it in their mind that it just didn't happen. Well, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. And that's the thing, you know, whether they choose to see it or not doesn't mean that the reality isn't there, that, that ultimately he's trying to read right back to him. I know, you know, I've shared this in the other podcast, so it's not a big secret, but my wife was horribly victimized when she was 16. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to go into details, but it was it was bad, and it's caused her a lot of, of issues and anxiety and stuff like that ever since then. And she'll be the first to tell you that if that hadn't happened, she never would have been set on the course that led ultimately to her faith in him. She knows what direction she was going in. And if it hadn't been for that traumatic experience to redirect her, she can tell you exactly where she was headed. I mean, it was not anywhere good. And that's kind of why I said, you know, is it just like, is it like a learning tool as well, you know? Okay, I think it is. I think so, because you know some of the signs. Mm -hmm. So now, just like before the podcast, you were talking about situations that now you're keen to maybe because of what you went through. And I, I, I truly believe that. You know, but also like we've talked about and we've talked about sowing into people and we've talked about praying for them and praying for them, but we may never see the fruits of that. Right. You are probably somebody's seed that they planted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you may not even know who it was and you may never know, but somebody that prayed for you and prayed for you and knew your situation and maybe at that point in time felt completely helpless in it other than to pray for you. And it may have been somebody that didn't know your situation but yet knew that you needed to be prayed for. Yeah. Because God will lay it on people's hearts to pray for somebody and not, and they won't even know what they're praying about. Oh, yeah. But yet God says, hey, I need you to pray for them because I know you're going to do it and you're going to do it with, a, with an earnest 
honest heart. Yeah. That's and that's where the prayer will be around and put them back in your life or in your life when you never knew them. Mm-hmm. But you know, every decision we make in life, good or bad, it's got a learning curve to it, one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it can be used to lead others too. I think he's looking for three things from people those who know what it's like, what it feels like to be lost in the dark, those who know the way out of the dark. And those who have a heart to not want anyone else to feel what that feels like to be lost in the dark. Right. Oh, right? Man. So, you know, you almost have to go through that broken experience to, to, to carry all three of those attributes to be truly useful in leading other people out. You know, yeah. and sometimes that involves some suffering. But, you know, and, and I think that's why that everybody's got a different past, a different path. You know, everybody, each and every one of us has had a different life. I mean, you know. In some way or another, we've had something bad in our life that we've gotten through that has brought us to where we're at today. Mm-hmm. And all of our brokenness is different, too. Absolutely. Whether it be varying degrees or even just everything completely different about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a one-up game. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Shouldn't be. Too yeah. often. Yeah, it shouldn't that. be. Yeah, right. Book, right. Wouldn't take too much to one up mine. <laughs> Are you one upping my? Yeah. Already starting. Yeah. Here we go. Game on. We know you. Nope. Were, you were the golden boy. We know. <laughs> Ron's like Carl. No. Right <laughs> you, buddy. I'm this, is, this is what Ron said. One Ron. Carl's <laughs> 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 No. no. See, Mike, are you sure you want to come back? I did. That was not my intent. (laughs) This this topic hits pretty close to home for me because I was, at 35, I was director of operations for a a large company, and I had a massive stroke, and I lost everything in my life. I mean, homes, everything. And, you know, my kids were quite small. My wife was married about, I don't know, uh, five, six years, seven you know, I had to go through rehab. I had to learn to walk and talk again. And uh, I was downright and honest, mad at God. Yeah. I was mad. I didn't want anything to do with him. And, you know, I was, I was doing great in life. I was going down my path, I thought. Because looking back, I know what was going on now. But then I didn't. Well, but the key is, like you said, you were going down... Your path. Right. <laughs> and I look back and I go, you know, the, the doctor said, well, you were lucky to come out of this alive. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But it wasn't luck. It, then I thought it was luck. Mm-hmm. Now I know different. So I'm a little quiet on this topic because it, it really hits close to home to me. And it's hard to, 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 to convey the feelings that I had then, now, even 20 years later. It's like what we talk about all the time. What I always tell you from the first time I met you, you know, what was it, three strokes and a heart attack? No, one one stroke, three heart attacks. Okay. (laughs) If anybody's keeping count. (laughs) There'll be a program after. I'll write it down and open it. Well, I had. But for for the simple fact you're still sitting at this table, it's got a plan for me. There's some reason for that. Yeah, I, I, I know. But sometimes, you know, with our human nature we have a tendency to play the victim why me right i was doing i wasn't about killing people i was not drinking running kids over the cars 
I was just just a guy. In my life, I thought it was going pretty well. Apparently, it wasn't. So then you have to regroup and find out, what, what do I do now? I don't have those tools I used to have. I have different tools now. What are they? I've got to find them and use them in life. Mm-hmm. And that's part of being broken is, you know, your old tools don't work anymore. So what new tools do you have that are good and useful? How can they be used? And I went through a long period of my life trying to figure out what those tools were. And I don't think I've totally figured it out yet. I don't know if I ever will. I think you get new tools as you move through life. Depending on season. Depending on the season of the life. Where you're at, are you in the valley, you're at the peak? Where are you? For the longest time, I I was in the valley. It felt like for 20 years, which is nothing compared to the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness. But, you know, I was there. And it's not a good place to be. So if I can help someone, like you said earlier, Carl, the the three attributes... I would like to make sure no one gets in that valley because it's a terrible, lonely place. Yeah. There's no joy. You're, you, you know, you're, you're depressed. Uh, you, there's no hope. And without those things, hope is, I mean, you got to have hope. you got to have the grace of God. You've got to be able to look forward to see the light at the end of the tunnel or the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. It took a long time for me to see the light. So, yeah, this topic's a tough one for me. Yeah, it's like living in a. It's like a living death yeah. without those things, without the hope, and without it was. the light. It's like a living death. Because I mean, every day was the same for me. Get up, take medicine, get sleepy because of the medicine, go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Get up, eat, go back to bed. That was my life for many, many years. And you know, you go through these seasons in your life, and all the people that you had around you that you thought were your friends, come to find out they really weren't. Yeah. The real friends were the ones that were calling you, coming over to check on you. But those are few and far between. Yeah. So for me, I think I realized that I need to learn where I was putting my trust as a, who am I actually trusting to bring me out of this? Was it my friends? What could they do for me? No. The real person to bring me out was Jesus himself. You know, I met the woman that I married in high school, and uh, she was a good Christian woman. And for me to see her, I can only see her on Sundays if I went to church with her. Well, I was a rough and rowdy dude, you know. Mm-hmm. But I love the girl. So off to church I went. Okay? I even sang a special choir with her family just so I could be close to her. Now, looking back at that, you think, well, that's just what a young man does to be close to a girl he likes. But no, that God put that woman in my life to bring me to him. I was broken then and didn't know it. He used a tool, her, to bring me forward. So, yeah, I mean, people he puts in your life can be the tools that fix you. Circumstances can fix you. Because it fixed me, brother, I'll tell you what. So I got a question. Yeah. So you were in that valley. There was no hope, no light, no mountaintop. Right. What shined or gave you the clouds parted so you could see that mountaintop? What, What was that breaking... Point for you, not not breaking because, like you said, like the doctor told you, you were lucky to be alive, and at that point, you didn't feel very lucky at all. You know, I really don't know, and I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, I had my children, and my wife, and my my family. Um, but I think I think it's what I put um, priority 
before that, you know, it was all about the things, the cars, the, you know, I'm this, I can do, look at me, you know. After that, it was like, don't look at me because I can barely walk. I don't speak very well. I was, it was embarrassing. So I, it was a humbling for me. And I was a, always a decent public speaker, but afterwards I could hardly speak. And then God again moved in my life, and I was asked to sit on the governor's council for the American Heart and Stroke, and I would speak to the senators and governors and you know, tell them about my experience of how I wound up where I'm at at such a young age. Because, you know, back then, stroke was an old person's problem, not a 35-year-old male. Uh-huh, yeah. You know? So, I don't know what... To answer your question, Ronnie, I don't know what changed. I think maybe getting out speaking about my situation helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was still in it when I moved out here in this area, because we used to live in Columbia. I met Ron and his uncle, Uncle Lester, and those guys kind of took me under their wing. Took me along, helped me learn. Th- I love mechanical stuff. I'm, I, I, you give me a screwdriver, please step back. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just being truthful. Yeah. But they've taught me so much, and they've kind of you know I look forward to getting chances to go work on car. I don't actually work. I sit in a chair and drink a pop. They do the work, and I talk to them from <laughs> a hard time while they're working. But I think people. Hey, there's stuff to be said about that. That's right. a, that's a, be somebody's a got a guy Hold on. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. That <laughs> should be a position in every garage. And you sit in a chair and drink a pop. Yeah. I held a flashlight. I didn't get anything to drink. He brought his own drink. But I think I think I think God put people like that in my life because I was just sitting around the house, you know, all day long, twiddling my thumbs because my, my wife was a teacher. She. No longer as a teacher, but I was home all day by myself. The kids are grown and gone. You know, later after the stroke, and I was still in that valley when I moved out here. I was sitting around, you know, and they did some work for me on one of my cars and said, You come up anytime. That just blossomed into an awesome friendship with those two. And then, you know, Ron has been constantly helping me out, pulling me out. And uh, so for me, I guess the real clouds parted, you know, when I moved out here, kind of. Mm-hmm. I would say right. So got you out of your my little, comfort zone, yeah, or your stagnantism. Uh, that's yeah. probably a better word for it, right? So I, I guess the moral of the story is don't give up. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We've talked before about how you know when you get you know lost in lost in sin and brokenness when it's like by degrees we've talked about right yeah and then once you get there and you're you're at rock bottom you look around you're like how did this happen like i can't point to an event that led me to mm-hmm. rock bottom how did this happen but i think the opposite can be true sometimes too I agree. Uh, he led me to a verse the other day it's like right four six and he says not by strength nor by might but my but my spirit but my spirit alone depending all on him being filled with the spirit what that really is is giving everything to him yeah. and i think the opposite can be true too i know for me i hit rock bottom and now like last few days has been showing he's been showing me how far he's brought me showing me some some full circle messages you know what i mean and i'm looking around at my life now i'm like how did i get here like i hit rock bottom so hard i thought that i was forsaken i thought there was no way out you know what i mean and now it's like the complete opposite you know what i mean opposite place and i'm like how did this happen i don't know i can't point to a to a an event like you're talking about. Yeah, i can't point you to a singular event yourself standing up there talking to a crowd yeah exactly you know yeah i thought i was i thought i was done Mm-hmm. Honestly, I really did. I thought I'd pushed it too far. I thought I'd fallen too far away. I thought I was done. Yep. And, and you, you look back and you're like, I don't know how I got here. Like, but God, it's the only explanation. Right. I, I don't know how. I yeah, got here. You, there was a point that I didn't care if I lived or died. To be honest, I truly didn't. 
Because for me, in my mind, things were over. I couldn't provide for my family the way I used to. I couldn't even go out and throw a ball to my son. Couldn't teach my daughter how to ride a bike. I couldn't run behind her. So for what I thought was important in life, those things were gone. And come to find out, those things are important in life, but they're not life. I mean, they're stages, things you go through in life. So it's just a matter of re-equipping your toolbox and going back out there and swinging again. Mm-hmm. Change your perspective. Like exactly. Like before you have record. Uh, it's about perspective. <laughs> Nothing? You don't have anything? Uh, no. Not at <laughs> all. No. no. <laughs> That's why you're silent wrong. No, hey. I don't know. I've contributed that lot. <laughs> that there's, you know. I get it. No, and I understand. I, I, I think, like Mike was talking about, the other Mike, right? The quiet one. The that's quiet al- one that's always on his phone or tablet. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think he's researching to make sure both of them denied that. No, it's when I got the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought you'd get told to grab your Bible out? But I, think, but I think it comes full circle, right? Like, that's your story. But everybody has felt that valley mm-hmm. in their story. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Ron, when well, he was growing like, up... Yeah, that's mine. It, it might not have been 20 years, but I bet, doggone it, sure felt like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me, I didn't even know I was in the valley. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was living so fast and high and whatever... I thought I was on Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. But everybody else could see that I was in the valley, except for me. And then when I did see that I was in the valley, then I was like you. Like, I wanted to do something different. Like, how did I get here? I had all those things. I was doing whatever. Right. And the only difference was, like, that was my valley went further because... Then my eyes gotten wider, and I could see that I was actually in the valley. It's not that I sank lower, or the valley was deeper. It was my eyes were open, and I knew my surroundings. Then, <clears throat> same thing, right? Like yeah, Bob, Bob was on the porch. Said, "I don't need your God." Not really, not quoting you, but you know. Pretty much, you said it right. <laughs> and then what? I told a day later, that, that night? No. A couple I, days? A couple days later, he showed me I did that. I did need him. Right? Yeah, he, he, he'll do that. Hey, you, you, don't ever, you don't ever tell him that you don't need him because he's going he's gonna to prove you wrong. Right. You know, he, he's not, you know, the Bible says he's a jealous God. And when you say something like that, that that just ignites the jealousy in him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that just just burns in him. Mm-hmm. Yep. El cannot. Yeah. That is in Hebrews. One of the names he gives himself. Yeah. He will not share you with anyone or anything yep. else. And you know that's uh, like the whole sermon yesterday. You know, when you're when you're uh, idling them false gods. You know, and that's what I've done. I idled a lot of false gods before I really decided to worship the one true God mm-hmm. there was a lot of false gods in my life and you know I still sometimes the old man in me 
I catch him idling them false gods again. And that old man needs to be at bay. I got to keep that old man at bay. He's got to stay away, you know, because it doesn't take a whole lot to get you back into your old pattern. Yeah, I mean, and just one little, one little off the wall glance at something else, you could be right back to where he is at. Yeah, if you allow. Yeah, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta keep the old man at bay. Yeah, that's that's all I can say. I think it's well put, Bob. All right, let's pull the needle off the record. I know we can talk about this subject all night, all probably. night long. And it'd be good for us. I don't know if it'd be good for the listeners or not. But <laughs> they'd probably they'd probably be like twenty, thirty minutes in, like, yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> so since you have your phone and your tablet, you wanna lead us off tonight there, medium sized mic? I got a couple. Um, because one of the things that was brought up was the ripple effect and uh I put uh, the ripple effect of sin is sometimes amazingly large. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an instance a couple weeks ago and thought something wasn't going the way it should. And it caused me to act in a way that I shouldn't have. And as I was acting that way, I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? And I just stopped and I prayed. And I said, you know what, devil, you're not getting it this time. You're not getting a foothold. And it was like this was in the span of five minutes, you know. So then it just, I switched it around. But because I didn't trust myself, I trusted him. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, And then the other one was, uh, sometimes the bearing the brunt of someone else's sin is a test. Yeah, I want to go before Carl. Okay. <laughs> well, you, didn't okay. Say, you didn't say that last episode because he wasn't here. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Carl's back. I was okay with yeah. going first. <laughs> we, we, sit, we sit here and we say, you know, we're all broken, Craig. And I, I read this the other day, you know, and I'm going to say, it, like, we're all broken, but there's power in the broken pieces. Your brokenness can become your breakthrough. Absolutely. That's good. Now one up that, Carl. Is it my turn now? Sure. No, not yet. I'm going first. <laughs> Everybody's going to work on Bob will go. Carl's going to wrap this up. <laughs> so this is how it go. Bob will go. Mike will go. I'll go. And then you can wrap this up. Yeah, oh, okay. And then... Look pretty rough on you, Carl. I don't know the outro. Are you going to do the outro? Yeah, Bob will pray us out. I'll pray out. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, that's all I got to say. Thank you, sir. I'm getting nervous now. Yeah, no pressure on you know, We say God uses broken things, right? Mm-hmm. It says uh, He'll use the broken soul to produce a crop. To produce a crop. He'll break the clouds to give us rain. He'll break the grain to give us bread. He'll break the bread to give us strength. And then He'll use broken souls for great things. I don't want to follow that. 
Damn, what was up with the stare down? He just can't curl. Yeah. Kind of like, here you I'm go. I'm waiting for him to. Wow. Now, wait a minute. Is that is Bob one? Bob one. Hey, wait a minute. And then it's going to be Carl two? Yeah. Bob zero. No, no. Mike? Well, I'm going I'm to use Winston Churchill's words. Um, one of his famous quotes is, if you're going through hell, keep going. And I think being broken, you have to keep going and through the valleys. It's, it's, I think it sums it all up for me. Just don't give up. Mm-hmm. I have two. One, I... Over Chima. Hey. <laughs> you didn't say that about Mike? <laughs> Mike only said one. Oh, Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Medium Mike. Not good Mike. <laughs> my bad. Hey, my bad. Ron, Ron, get it right. You one-upper. <laughs> <laughs> so, my initial one was kind of cheesy, which isn't cheesy as in meaning-wise, but like it was easy for me to pick because it was a the theme of last year's conference was we're all broken, that's how the light gets in. And that still hits me hard mm-hmm. even after all that time because that's how he does come in, through our brokenness. Mm-hmm. Through the cracks. Through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is even the broken people are a part of the plan and a part of the story. <clears throat> You wouldn't have a whole story if you didn't include all the brokenness, too. So my one open, one upper is done. So it's, now it's all you, sir. I'll be honest. I was really tempted to say I don't have anything this week. I agree with you guys. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, it made me think of it when... You and I, Mike, we were talking about snares, mm-hmm. right? Being a snare. And I planned on talking about something a little bit different, but I bought this book while we were on vacation because we went to Crazy Horse in South Dakota. So I bought a, I bought a book on his life. Quite and, a life. Yeah, it's impressive. Yes. But I was reading, something told me to read the first part of it before I came. It's within like a couple hours before I came. And something really jumped out at me that really hit me emotionally and really bothered me. I don't know why. But... The author was talking about how, how much the Sioux people revere him. And it's, it's an unhealthy reverence. Uh, he, he even referred to crazy horses like the Sioux Christ at one point and said that the crazy horse monument is like the, uh, the, uh, the Sioux Sphinx. Right? They've almost wow. elevated him to, to deific levels. Right? And there was a line that really hit, really hit hard. And it said that the myth of crazy horse stemmed from a broken people's need to believe in unbroken heroes. They, man, that bothered me. They had a choice between going right or left. And they went left. I think the danger with brokenness is is not paying very special attention to where it leads you. Right, because it can lead you in one of two directions. There are a lot of examples in Scripture of broken people. Mm-hmm. We brought out the good ones. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of examples of broken people. Oh, they did man. not take that right turn. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at Ahab, or you know, there's there's plenty of kings to choose from. I was going to say, just read read the Book of Kings. I mean, all right. all kings. It, right. There's a lot of brokenness there. 
There is. Judges? Judges. Judges. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Crazy Horse became posthumously a snare to his people, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of Isaiah 29. Uh, Jesus quotes this in Matthew 15 and Mark 7, but he says in verse 13, And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They say out loud, they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by repetition. Mm-hmm. We can allow our lips to deceive us into believing that we belong to him. That's the scariest part about this to me, and that's what I want to close with. The scariest aspect is you can veer away from him, and your lips can genuinely delude you into believing you belong to him while your heart is far from him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. We need to be very cautious in where our brokenness is leading us, and the only way to be sure of where we are with him is to be in his word. Yep. Don't depend upon the word of anyone else. I don't care how much you respect or re- re- revere him. Like the Sioux people revere Crazy Horse. Do not revere a human being, no matter who it is, no matter how much you love them, to the point where you're allowing their opinion, no matter how mainstream that opinion may be, to override what the Bible clearly tells you. The only way to know where your heart is is to make sure it's in alignment with what the Father says. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Yep. I don't know how to close this, man. That's all I got. What do I do? Do I tell Bob to pray? Do I, do I pass it back to you, Ronnie? Yeah, do I take I'll, over? I'll say it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. What? I thought I you were going to say something. Okay. Sorry. Like, I'll stop. All right. <laughs> stop. <laughs> no. Um, comment. Give us some topic suggestions. Whatever. You can breathe, Mike. It's fine. If you want to go long form, ask questions, give us some topics, whatever. Um, it's broken record ministries at gmail.com. Our All Broken Conference Part 2 tickets are on sale. So go to eventbrite.com and then search All Broken Conference. It'll put it on there. It's 10 22 we hope to see you there. It's going to be a great time. Medium-sized Mike will be a part of the roundtable discussion. He will also be a speaker, so then he will have to answer some questions, whether he likes them or not. Yeah, I got some doozies for you. <laughs> I'm not going to give out all the surprises, because what fun is that? Right. Um, yeah, just hit us up. We like comments. We like suggestions. And questions. And questions. Bob, you want to pray us out? Absolutely. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, I just thank you for this podcast. We thank you for the guys that are here. Father, we just thank you for the hearts that are here. I just ask, Father, that uh, through our brokenness, Father, I just pray that we can just... uh, allow you to be glorified that way father i just pray that uh, we can speak to these people and be able to speak volumes for you that's the way it should be and father i just thank you and praise you father i just give you the praise and glory in jesus name amen amen and until next time welcome to my ministry catch on the flip side